0: fusionchurch.cc soap and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. This morning we are in Matthew 2. Matthew 2. Um I'm going to pray. We're going to jump right into it. Father, we love you. We just thank you for this time, Lord God. We thank you for this this opportunity we have, Lord, just to to dig into your word and uh, just learn more about you, and and learn about the miracle of your Son Jesus Christ, Father, when He came to this earth, Father, be with us during this time, Father. Speak to us, reveal new things to us, Father. We love you in Jesus' name, Amen, and Amen. All right, Matthew two, and I am reading from the New King James Version. Now, after Jesus Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. Well, you, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are in the are the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Verse 13, now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that that he had he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its districts, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, "A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they were no more. Verse 19, Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in the dreams of Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Ocalius was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in the dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. So there's so much to cover within this chapter. Um but uh, we're going to try to get through as much of this as possible, right? So, verse one: um, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Matthew tells um, a, just a little bit about the actual birth of of Jesus. Luke two records um, all the other details of his birth. But what what Matthew really re- um, records is what happened after Jesus was was born. See, Bethlehem was the ancestral home of David. You know, we know David was the great king, you know, the greatest king that Israel had ever had. And and he was a founder of this royal dynasty. You know, however, Bethlehem wasn't a large or a significant town. You know, Charles Spurgeon writes, a stir begins as soon as Christ is born. He has not spoken a word. He has not done any miracles. He has not proclaimed a single doctrine. But when Jesus was born at the very first, while as yet... You hear nothing but infant cries and can see nothing but infant weakness. Still, his influence upon the world is manifest. This is the infinite power, even in an infant savior, Charles Spurgeon. How powerful was that? The significance of of Jesus, just as a baby, he's done nothing, but already the world, the known world, is going crazy about this about this baby. And it talks about Herod the, Herod the King. This was Herod the Great, right? And Herod, he was called Herod the Great for a reason because he, he did a lot of big things. He 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 was a ruler. He built, he he was a great administrator, but he was also great in politics and cruelty, right? He was known to be a very, very cruel king. Uh, the Emperor Augustus said it was safer to be um, Herod's pig than be Herod's son because even his own family was not safe from his wrath, you know. And and so, 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 by, by saying, you know, uh, the Herod the Great, Herod the King, you know, this is giving us a, a marking point in history of when this took place to Jesus. So, so we know that Jesus was born before the death of Herod the Great, right? And Herod the Great, he died right around four BC. Um, you know, so even though the exact date of Jesus's birth is unknown, you know, by referencing this 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 man in history, it gives us a good marking point. And it talks about wise men from the east, and and these these travelers are, are called are called wise men, and which is the um, ancient Greek word of 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 majoy, which we're, where we get the word magi from. Um, misconceptions and, and legends are all are are abound when it talks about these wise men you know they were not kings but wise men okay you know hear the song we three kings of Orient no okay they weren't kings they were wise men you know but you know but from the east and being known as wise men, you know they were astronomers. They looked at the stars, they studied the stars and, and there weren't only just, there weren't just three wise men. There's probably a great convoy of wise men. We get the idea of three because of the three gifts that they bring to Jesus. And they didn't arrive on the night that Jesus was born. They, they probably arrived several months later. All right. So all y'all's nativity scenes that you put up for Christmas are wrong. I'm sorry what you probably should do right is you have your nativity scene right and put the wise men with the camels like on the other side of the house cuz that's where they're at you know they they they, they haven't arrived yet <laughs> just to see jesus okay and um the tradition tells that the magi were um can, can that there were kings can be recorded Um, To around 225 AD by different historians and and whatnot, but they weren't, they were just wise men and, and they study the stars and they came to, to Jerusalem guided by this, this phenomenon of a star, right? You know, they, they, they came to the area and, and, and they came to Jerusalem expecting to find answers, they expected that the leaders and the people, of the capital city of the Jews, would be even more interested than they were about this prophecy, about this king of the Jews. You know, and Matthew does not tell us specifically that the star guided them to Jerusalem. So it could have been, you know, they were headed in that, in that general direction and they just assumed, you know, king, you know, of the Jews. Why not go to the capital of, of the Jewish people, which is Jerusalem? So they come, they come to Herod, verse 2, and it says, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? This they, they, they traveled, they traveled such a great distance to honor the king. A great distance, yet, yet the, the, there was there's a little irony in their great effort to honor the king of the Jews. Because at the time the Jewish people despised and they dishonored um uh King Herod because um because of, of of their unique beliefs. Right. And 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 so they didn't they 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 did not like this king because Herod was appointed by the Romans, you know. So you know it, it's significant, they, they, they say um this one who has been born king of the Jews is it's strange as well, because no baby is born a king, right? Usually you're you're born a prince, you're not born a king, you know. So for them to say we're we're looking for this this baby who's born king of the Jews, Jesus's kingly status was was not put on him later as an adult. He was born as our king from birth. Amen. He's always been our King for we have seen his star in the East or there, there are, are many different suggestions for, for the, the, this, this origin of the star. Some say it was, you know, it was a planetary conjunctions, you know, movements and came together and that's what they were seeing. And, you know, some people think it was a supernova in space. That's what they were following. Some say it was, was comments. And, and, and some theologians even say, it was just, it was a, a specially created star for this event, but whatever it was, it was, it was significant. You know, that God met them in a way that they could understand. Met them in a way that they could understand because he guided astronomers By a star. And this was also fulfilled in in the book of Numbers um, 24, verse 17 says, A star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel. This is, and and this this passage of scripture is widely regarded by ancient Jewish scholars as a messianic prediction. A prediction of the Messiah that was going to come and save the people. And when when Herod heard this, verse 3, he trembled. Right, he tre- he trembled at this news. He was because Herod was constantly on guard against threats to his rule, especially within his own family. He, King Herod, he had assassinated many family members who he suspected of disloyalty. Uh, you know, he he was uh, so him when it says that he was troubled. You know, um, it was completely within character. You know, so we know that he killed family members who were just who he felt were disloyal, right? You can look at recent history as some of the the crazy dictators that have been around the world, whether in Iraq or in North Korea or wherever it is, and you and you see what the you know reports of what they've done to their family. That was King David, King Herod. That's how he treated his his own family. <laughs> see, Herod, you know, who 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 wanted to be accepted by the Jews. Was actually not a Jew, right? Again, like I said, he was appointed by the Roman government, so he was actually an Edomite, and and say so he was made by Rome to be a, a puppet ruler over Judea, and the Jews hated him. You know, they admired his building projects because at this time the temple that they were worshiping at was built by Herod, so they admired that kind of stuff, but the fact that he was their king, he was the current king of the Jews and he was not even a Jew and the evil things he did, they didn't like him. So by and he knew this, he was well aware of this. So um when some other king is, you know, hey, who's this king of the Jews? It's going to put him even, even more on guard. You know, it says he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. The fact that it says all Jerusalem was troubled with with Herod is significant. This is due either to to the fact that the people of Jerusalem feared his his paranoid outbursts, you know, that might come from him hearing about a rival king, or, or because maybe they were troubled because of the size and the dignity of this caravan. You know, because I can imagine when it talks about these wise men from the east, you know, they came from from the from the the region of the Orient, you know, you know. So so while uh, them coming uh, on the night of Jesus' birth is not accurate according to the nativity scenes, the the way that they're uh, uh, they're shown with their their robes and their gold and their hat, all this stuff, that was very accurate. So it probably you know it probably shook some people seeing this, and it definitely shook uh king herod um and so it says in verse 4 it talks about all the chief priests and scribes and this is the first contact the that any religious leaders have with jesus they 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 understood the biblical information correctly but failed to apply it to their lives because the the scribes the priests they knew those scriptures they knew all the prophecies they knew a messiah was supposed to supposed to come but they were not ready for it, and they were unable to, to take that and apply it to their lives. Chiefs priests would especially include, include those who had um, held the office of high priest. King Herod changed um, the office of high priest often because it, it was at this this point, the office of high priest was largely a political office, right? It didn't, you know, it would you couldn't really look at the high priest as being like, you know, this great spiritual religious man. It was he was more like a, a politician, you know. Scribes, or also known as teachers of the law, were experts in the Old Testament and 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 in in the extensive oral tradition of of rabbinical teachers. You know, but <clears throat> their 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 work was more about teaching the Old Testament than than, uh, copying. Because if you hear the word scribe, you think that they're writing stuff down. No, they were more teachers of the Old Testament. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, verse 5, they're quoting here from Micah 5.2, the chief priests and scribes understood that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem and that he would be a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Sadly, this these these same experts had the information but seemed uninterested in meeting this messiah. This is sad because the Jewish people had long been awaiting the Messiah. Long been waiting for this person. And here he is, and they don't seem very interested. Verse 7 says, determine from them what time the star appeared, because, you know, Herod would later command that the slaughter of all the boys, two years younger, we can assume that the wise men first saw the star a year or so prior to Jesus' birth. You know, their journey from the east was long. You know, so again, you know we we have depictions we have you know pictures if you were if you were in a in sunday school as a kid you know you have you know we tell the story of, of jesus birth you you know the wise men are there now they yeah, they started probably a year or longer prior to jesus being born their travel here and it says and, and then um In verse 11, it says they saw the young child. So they leave Herod and they continue to follow the star and they find the young child. You notice that that Jesus here is called a young child, likely between the ages of 6 and 18 months old. You know, uh, we also notice that, and this is against custom, that the child is mentioned before the mother. That's another huge detail. When they had opened their treasures, they presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It was it was common, especially in the east, that one would never appear before royalty without bringing him a gift. And considering who they believed this young child to be, it is not surprising that they would bring these huge, lavish gifts. The idea that 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 um that uh, these these wise men come from from there then they bring gifts to him is you know gold speaks of royalty incense speaks of jesus's divinity and myrrh speaks of his death because myrrh is one of the spices that they would um they would anoint the bodies with when they were getting, preparing to, to to bury him so these these gifts were more than just gifts there's significance behind these gifts and i would have argued that these wise men from the east didn't really understand the significance of these gifts for them they were just lavish gifts but they were bringing them to our king jesus our king who's our king on earth who's our king in heaven and also talking about his death gold his royalty incense divinity and myrrh his death and again it's certain these magi didn't do this intentionally. They simply wanted to honor the king of the Jews. Think about this. Think about the significance of this. Wherever they came from the east, they traveled for a long, long time to honor some random king. Some random king. Jesus wasn't their king. The Jews weren't their people. But they went all this way. Why is this significant? Because of who Jesus was, who he was. And they presented gifts to him. The gifts were were not presented to Mary or to Joseph, but to Jesus himself. Yet he didn't use or or spend his gifts. Hopefully his parents, you know, they they used it wisely, you know, put it in a, you know, college fund or something for him. You know, held it, held it to the side. But in the same way, when we give to Jesus today, we do not give to him directly to his people. All right. So they've had gifts for Jesus, but they had to, even though they presented it to him, they gave it to his parents to use us here, the church, when we want to honor God, you know, when we when we give through our tithes and offerings. You know, we don't give to God; we give to the people, and we believe that the people, that the the, the church, the the pastors, the elders, the leaders, are going to use it wisely for the people. And it says they fell down and worshipped him. More important than their gifts is that the fact that they, they worshipped Jesus. You know, we we so so here we, we, we see three different responses to Jesus. You know, and one may say that all people respond to Jesus in one of these ways. Herod displayed an an open hatred and hostility towards Jesus. The chief priests and scribes were indifferent towards Jesus, you know, while retaining their their religious respectability. But these wise men sought out Jesus and worshiped Jesus, even at great cause. So which, which way do you follow Jesus? Which way are you going after Jesus? Are you, do you show open hatred and hostility towards him? Are you indifferent as the the chief priests and scribes towards Jesus? Or are you actively pursuing Jesus as the wise men did? Pursuing him, often at, at great cost, great cost to your own self, great cost to how people are going to um, respond to you, how people are going to view you, you know, often, you know, worship, worshiping Jesus is sacrifice, my brothers and sisters. Sometimes we see people at our various services and they're worshiping Jesus. And listen, you see all kinds of people worshiping all kinds of ways. Right. You see the people who are indifferent. And oftentimes you see the people who do not care one lick of what they look like, how you perceive them. They are worshiping Jesus for who he is and what he did for them, worshiping him in complete abandonment. That's how the, the, the wise men worship Jesus. That's how they received Jesus, with great joy, with great adoration. And again, what still boggles my mind is that these weren't Jews. These were Gentiles, Gentiles from the East. They came to uh, a a town in, in Israel called Bethlehem, an insignificant town, with all their gifts for this king who was not their king, but they worshiped him because of the significance of who this baby was, this baby was. So I'm gonna close here, my brothers and sisters. How are you pursuing Jesus? Are you pursuing him with hostility and hatred? And I'm sure we all know people within our lives who don't wanna hear anything about Jesus. You bring up anything about Jesus, and they're gonna—they they turn you away. They shut you up right there. They don't want to hear it, right? Or people who blame God for the the circumstances in their lives, blame God because they made some dumb decisions. Are you like the religious leaders and chief priests who were indifferent to Him? Maybe you've been in church a long, long time. And so now the significance of who Jesus is, is kind of lost on you. It's not not that big of a deal. You know, you're you're no longer pursuing um, um, a relationship with him. You're no longer pursuing um, uh, having him real in your life. Or are you like the wise men who sought him at great personal cost these men who traveled for a year or more through whatever terrain and wilderness they had to go through, deserts they had to go through to get to Jesus. Went and interacted with this evil king, you know, who who, you know, they were warned was going to probably try to kill them. And they continued. And, and you know what? When when they went, they 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 could have avoided Herod completely, you know, but no, they they they, they were still seeking Jesus out. And when they came to Jesus, they presented gifts to him, and they worshipped him. Jesus has done something for each and every one of us. Jesus has has loved us. Jesus has saved us. How we respond to him goes a long way. So my brothers and sisters, as we're, we're a few days away, a few days away from Jesus, a few days away from from. From celebrating his birth. How are you going to come to him? We're going into our our, our Christmas Eve service and our Christmas Eve Eve, Eve service. And when we and, and these services are always significant because we always take a moment of silence mm-hmm. just to just to, 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 to think on it and to meditate on what Christ has done for us. How are you going to worship him? That's a question only you can ask. It's a question that only you can respond to. But I'm going to tell you right now: Harry the King hated him. His ending wasn't that good. All right, we can go into history. He didn't. He he did not live a good life. The chief priests and scribes, you know, Jesus dealt with these type of of, of men the rest, the rest of his life, throughout his ministry. They were angry, they were bitter, they were suspicious. But those who followed and worshiped Jesus, they lived a life of fulfillment. Which one are you? Amen, Father, thank you. Thank you for your word, Lord God. Thank you for, for, for waking us up this morning, Father, to receive a word from you. Father, I pray that we will be like the wise men. Father, we come from all different backgrounds, you know, some of us are not. Uh, we're not born into Christian homes. Some of us are new to this, this faith, Father. So, Father, I pray that we would be like these wise men, Father, who were not Jewish, Father, who who were not followers of of uh, of you per se, Father, but you. But they received a word from you. They received a sign from you through the star, and they followed it. And when they came to you, Jesus as a baby. They worshipped you. They fell down and they worshipped you, Father. I pray that we will all be like them, Lord God. Not carry about the circumstances around us. Not carry about. Not care about who's around us, Father Lord. And just worship you as our King, Father. Thank you for my brothers and sisters on this call, Lord God. I pray for everyone here listening this morning, Father, and those listening later on 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 the on YouTube and on the podcast, Father. Just just. Reveal that thing in their heart. Reveal to them the way they they need to come to you. Father, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. All right, my brothers and sisters, I'll see you all again next week. God bless.